This is the Spiritual Awakening Show. I go by Brent Spirits, and this is part 8 of the ongoing series on Kundalini Awakening. Today we're speaking about the relative completion of the Kundalini process and demystifying some of the most common misconceptions about it. Be sure to check out the previous parts of this series to learn some of the fundamental principles and practices when it comes to going through this process safely and smoothly. You can also find the text version of this series on my blog at brentspirit.com. You can find the videos on YouTube and the audio on my podcast, The Spiritual Awakening Show, which can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Check out brentspirit.com to find out more about me, my work, and about meeting with me one-on-one to discuss your specific spiritual journey and challenges. Now, let's explore what the culmination of the Kundalini Awakening journey is really all about. So of course, the goal of the Kundalini Awakening process is self-realization. In this episode, I'll be speaking about the relative completion of this process. I use the word relative here because I've found that this process doesn't actually have an absolute final point. It's ongoing. That's the nature of existence. It's always expanding. So even after we have what we may call self-realization, there's still more to explore and embody. As well, please understand that much of this stuff is truly beyond words. In this section, I'm just rambling about what one can expect once they reach the advanced stages of this process. Ultimately, one has to arrive at those stages to truly understand. When Kundalini Shakti, the Divine Feminine Mother, rises up the spinal column through each of the chakras, purifying them along the way before finally establishing herself at the crown chakra, where Shiva resides, This is the pinnacle of the kundalini process. In the yogic system, we have Shakti, the divine feminine, and Shiva, the divine masculine. The yogic system describes the completion of the kundalini process as the final union of these two opposite forces. So when Shiva is Shakti and Shakti is Shiva, this brings about a direct experience of non-duality, of Advaita. This brings about the realization of the non-dual God-Self, of the nature of consciousness, enlightenment, the direct experience of oneness with all that is. In the Hatha Yoga system specifically, this union of opposites is understood to be like the sun and the moon uniting, like during an eclipse. So when the kundalini force finally becomes established at the crown, the aspirant, who was once an ordinary human being, realizes their true divine nature and then embodies it with their entire body-mind-spirit system. With the culmination of the kundalini process, one experiences this oneness with all that is, with their true divine nature, directly. It's not merely an intellectual understanding. It is a direct and ongoing experience. But what does that really look like? Well, I can tell you that it doesn't necessarily come with a big flash, fireworks, or celestial theme music. It certainly can be flashy and dramatic at times, but often it's a very simple, silent, and quiet shift that takes place. Sometimes it's such a silent shift that an aspirant may not even necessarily immediately take note of it. It can creep up on a person in that way. Naturally, that also means that other people around may not take note of it either. Truly, it cannot be put into words. The experience of non-duality is beyond all words completely. It can be pointed to, but like they say in Zen, don't mistake the finger pointing to the moon to be the moon itself. 
the culmination of the kundalini process brings about a direct experience of oneness with the divine and with all that is. But please, understand that this type of oneness is not so dramatic in the way that many might assume. When this oneness dawns, it's not like you can no longer distinguish yourself from the chair that you sit on or from the people around you. You don't become an idiot like that. You're still able to recognize the usefulness of the illusion of separation, but you see directly and without a doubt that it is in fact simply an illusion. As you recognize this oneness, a deep unconditional love arises for all that is, as you recognize that it's all you. You begin to abide as your true nature, as the self, as the divine, as non-dual awareness. A deep, unshakable peace comes about as a result of this. Though there may be great love and deep peace within your experience, after the relative completion of the kundalini process, that doesn't mean that you will never experience a difficult emotion or challenge ever again. You certainly will at times. The frequency and intensity of these difficulties may decrease upon self-realization, but the point of being a human is to grow and expand, and growth and expansion require some challenge and difficulty. So as long as one remains within a human body, self-realized or not, they are not exempt from difficult emotions, thoughts, feelings, cravings, desires, sexuality, sickness, or any of the other aspects of the human experience. The kundalini process purifies the system of most of the trauma and conditioning one may be carrying. When the system is purified, it is able to then embody high states of consciousness and deep states of meditation, such as samadhi. Keep in mind that I said most of the trauma and conditioning, not all. Not every single little conditioning known within the yogic system as vasanas needs to be purified. Some of the more inconsequential ones will remain. These vasanas contribute to our personality and our quirks and our uniqueness, and so they don't need to be fully purified in order for us to proceed on our paths. In fact, they can keep us human, relatable, and grounded. So don't be fooled into thinking that self-realization will give you an escape from life as a human being. Just look to the lives of many self-realized masters throughout history. Sickness and death still came for them. Even though they had attained very high states of consciousness, they still remained human as long as they were in a human body. As the kundalini process reaches advanced stages when it enters into the higher chakras in the head, an aspirant begins to experience deep meditative states of consciousness known as samadhi. There are a few different levels of samadhi. The final stage for a human being is known as sahaja samadhi. Sahaja Samadhi is the natural, spontaneous Samadhi that occurs even when an aspirant is not sitting to meditate. It is an ongoing state of non-duality in which one embodies their divine nature as the self, regardless of what is going on around or inside them. There is a stage after Sahaja Samadhi. It is called Maha Samadhi. Maha means great. It is the great Samadhi that occurs only when one has died, in other words, dropped the body. Maha Samadhi cannot be attained whilst one remains within a human body because, like I mentioned, certain vasanas may still remain. It is simply the nature of being a human being. Sometimes people may have the idea that when their kundalini process is complete, they will have great psychic gifts or powers known as siddhis. This isn't always the case. Kundalini awakening is not about the cultivation of these abilities. Though these psychic phenomena are certainly valid, their acquisition is not important when it comes to the goal of self-realization. 
It is true, these abilities can come and go spontaneously as we go through the kundalini process. There are occult methods to develop them further too. But that type of exploration leads one to a dead end without lasting fulfillment and true peace. Instead, one should simply accept that if the kundalini intends on blessing a person with certain abilities, then it will be so. And if it is so, those abilities will be used in service, not in a futile attempt to feed the ego. Self-realization and the relative completion of the kundalini process also doesn't have to lead to an aspirant becoming a spiritual teacher, guru, or spiritual guide. It may, certainly, but not necessarily. It's important to stay true to one's personal mission and calling, recognizing that it doesn't have to be explicitly about spirituality. What's very likely, though, is that one's personal mission and calling will have to do with service in some way or another. It may be serving as a spiritual teacher, like I do, or it may be serving as simply being a great parent, as an artist, a caregiver, an innovator, or a multitude of other things. If you have yet to really find your calling, just remember that the kundalini process isn't happening to you for no good reason. It certainly is. You are being prepared and transformed so that you can offer something significant to the world. Your mission will be discovered in time. So these are a few points that came to me to share with you about the relative completion of the kundalini awakening process and self-realization. Understand that it's not always super flashy and it's not an escape from being a human being. If that seems like a letdown, I apologize. Of course, I still encourage you to continue this exploration and process. The reward is worth it. When this process culminates in you, you will attain true knowledge of yourself, of God, of the divine nature of reality, and the unshakable peace that comes with it. So this concludes the first eight foundational sections of the Kundalini Awakening series. The series will continue with the next parts involving more specific deep dives into various nuances of the journey. Uh, we're going to explore different Kundalini-related phenomena, and we're going to talk about different insights into the path in general. If you have any questions about your Kundalini process, or if you'd like to meet with me, you can find out more at brentspirit.com. You can also find me on Instagram at brentspirit. My DMs are always open. Thanks for tuning in. Much love. Peace. Peace.